we started this podcast. Mm. And we started this podcast in so many different ways with so many different beliefs. Like we started on the other side of this room. I can feel myself. In fact, we were, were we closer? Because we didn't have cameras, we were closer. We didn't have cameras. Yeah. We didn't have nice microphones. Yep. We didn't have soundboards. We didn't have third-party platforms that we used. I could have worn a headband and not felt self-conscious. Correct. Because I didn't do anything with my hair today. And of course, over that two and a half years, this podcast has, well, matured is definitely not the right word, but come into its own. And we have Maybe made that. a bunch of new friends and we've made enemies, but then we made friends of those enemies. And so it's been this real roller coaster of an experience. Probably the weirdest part, though, is that at some point we became like the authority figures on at-home podcasting for a lot of people that we know. And Deb being the always expressive, always willing to uh, let her son volunteer on her behalf oh, yeah, for other yeah. things. I take credit for it. About seven months ago, uh spoke to a group who we both work with and said, hey, you guys are doing this project. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. I think you should start an accompanying podcast. Which was like the greatest idea. People almost lost their minds. But it was a total throwaway. I know it was a throwaway by her. It was something that came to her brain. She said it out loud and then she thought, who knows if anything's ever going to come from Do this. Do you remember exactly where we were when I said it? Yeah, we were up at the lake. We were up at the lake having a great lunch might have had a wet woody or two. That might be the impetus for her I, idea. I am especially creative when that happens. Yep. I knew I now that is so funny that you say it was a throwaway. I knew it was a deal the oh, second it came out of my mouth. I'm sure after a couple wet woodies, everything <laughs> felt like a deal. So fast forward to last week, and for the first time ever, I had to sit across from somebody else. We'll we'll mm. call her Sally up, okay. up until I mean eventually we will talk about this project and and we will hoard out here and yeah. we will encourage all of you to follow along. I sat across from Sally. Yep. And did a podcast for the first time in my life without you. Yeah. How'd that feel, big boy? It was <laughs> so surreal because even when you and I are on this podcast, it's a different dynamic than when we just go 10 feet into the kitchen, right? Right, right. So doing something with somebody else who is not even my mom, let alone yeah. my co-host for almost 250 episodes, was like, oh, you have to do this entirely different. Yeah. Plus, you're reminded of when you, me, did it yourself for the first time. And you're like, oh my gosh, they're terrified. Oh yeah. She was, I was worried for her. Yeah. But rightfully so because we were terrified. I mean, not worried for her like, oh my God, she's going to fail. Worried for her like the going through that really uncomfortable process. Yeah. It's so uncomfortable. And, And we initially didn't have cameras. Right. We, I mean, so there was nothing like, I mean, show up in your nightgown, nobody cares. Right. But Cameras were on her from uh-huh. the go. And in fact, she's really pretty and she doesn't wear a lot of makeup. And I was like, you got to slap that makeup on because mm-hmm. the camera's in the lights. Like yep. you look so washed out. And she's like, uh. And I mean, we took a picture of her on, I mean, just sitting to see. Yep. She looked like a million bucks. She looks fantastic. Yeah. It was just, I don't I don't even know what you would call it. it, it surreal for sure. Full circle, maybe. 
But to think that you started something, well, and I started this podcast for you. I said, there are so many people who call you who clamor for your time. Let's just make a, a brief like 15 to 20 minute podcast about business solutions and practices and this, that, and everything else. And then the pandemic hit and I thought, well, we have so much time to kill. Let's just make it about whatever we want to make it about. But then when you have to not hit the reset button, but essentially go mm-hmm. all the way back to square one, even though you're me, I'm familiar with the entire process. I mean, just from a logistics standpoint, framing them differently, Mm -hmm. microphone settings, editing, it's just totally different. And honestly, sitting down today, I'm like, oh, this is easy. Well, so I, so this was the other part that was kind of funny. I'm in the kitchen and it is funny how much you can't hear everything, but you can hear a lot that goes on in here. Which again, the new normal for you is you're in the kitchen while a podcast is being recorded in your house. Right. And so I just want to say this. Okay. A little side note here. I know that dad drives us crazy or he used to drive us crazy when he was here because he would make so much noise. We would say, do you need anything at all? We'll go (laughs) get it. We'll spend four hours doing it. No, I'm good. The second these microphones turned on... Mm. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Any you guys good? Yeah, everything. Good. And so I know the noise thing. I like I used the microwave and I left the door open. I used I opened the trash compactor and I didn't close it because I just know those make a lot of noises, yeah. right? So then little Miss Girlfriend comes mm-hmm. walking downstairs. We have hardwood floors. She had on these chunky boots. Clump, clump. Yeah. Did you hear? Uh, I don't, I didn't hear, I was, I was waiting to hear the horse clomping. Yeah. Didn't hear that. But boy, did I hear that microphone, microwave door slam. Okay. So then she comes in the kitchen and I mean, rightfully so she closes the microwave door and I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble for that. You know? And you did. And I did. And I said, no, no, no. I literally, if you're going to live here, you got to take your own blame. Yeah. So, I mean, I knocked her out right away and said, it was not me. It was her. Yeah. But she did when I said, oh, those boots are so loud. He's going to have a heart attack. She like took them, took them off instantly. Yeah. Like this house, still not a perfect podcast house, no, uh, regardless no. of all the podcasts we've done. But yeah, it was, I mean, I, in no way would I say I'm an authority on anything. I just know how we do it. Right. And I don't know right. that that's right or wrong. That's just how we do it. Yeah. But when you're sitting across from someone, and, and we've talked about this on the podcast, you can, I think you and I are both very eloquent in the in the way we speak. I think we're both way. I think we're both measured. We find the right words. Last Monday's podcast, you and I couldn't find the right word to oh, save our lives. We were a mess. The second you open these microphones... You do have some level of professionalism that mm-hmm. infiltrates at the conversation, but you are also hyper aware of maybe you're a little more liberal with your word usage sometimes, uh, maybe a little more yeah. colorful. And on this podcast, we try not to alienate anybody with we our language. We want to keep our clean rating. So we are very, we are much more mindful. So when I was talking to her prior to the podcast, I was just like, well, clearly this is a professional podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to be really diligent in, in, in being mindful of what we say. But at the same time, like it needs to be a conversation. Like there needs to right. be some banter. And telling that to somebody the first time when you know how hard it is, even to this day, yeah. 240 some odd episodes in, it is still super difficult to this day. It's like it's like telling a toddler to go look it up in the thesaurus. They have no frame of reference for it. Sometimes I feel, because obviously you and I are looking right mm-hmm. at each other, 
And sometimes I feel like words are flying in front of me. Totally. And it's like, don't grab that one. Don't mm-hmm. grab. Oh, oh, there you go. Grab that one. I mean, like it's so fast because the word that you would use in your everyday language yeah. with who is ever in front of you mm-hmm. may not be appropriate for this. Extremely right? true. The, yeah. the other thing is, and you and I learned this at a, uh, really early on, not at a young age, but we, we learned this really early on in our podcasting age, is if you think of something to say, but then you forget it, Ugh. but then you remember it, yep. you have to let it go. Yep. You, you can't circle back to something from five minutes ago unless yeah. you are still actually talking about you can't, that. You can't pull it back. No. And so you just, and it might be good. I, we, we have left a lot of good stuff on yeah. the cutting room floor because we just forgot about it in the moment. And it's weird because I would have never thought we had these kind of strict rules. Mm-hmm. But when you are welcoming somebody into what is a space that only you and I have ever shared, yeah, and it's a different world, which is podcasting, which there are a billion people who do podcasting much better than you and I, and they, they make it look even easier than you and I. Seriously? Seriously. And they but somehow they, get do, paid more than you and I. Do they have engineers and stuff like that? Do Probably. You think? Yeah. But yeah. even still, if you're just looking at it from a speaking into a microphone dynamic, right. there are people who do it better than you and I for sure. But then you're looking at this other person, this unknown commodity who is well-educated and clearly well-spoken in her own right. We would not have put her in front of a microphone otherwise. But you're just like, I really hope she doesn't screw this up. I know. I know. This is going to be a yeah. real horrible com- conversation. And to her credit, she did. Fantastic. We, I know. We, they are smaller episodes. They are far more succinct. They, they address um, hyper-specific topics uh, uh, about uh, a medical field, and they're not meant to be any more than 10 minutes to 12 minutes. So she did a, a bang-up job. We, we did clothing changes in between. I was editing on the fly. I was writing on the fly. I now have a far better understanding of what is expected of me as it relates to that podcast. And after the first episode, she was like, ooh, totally, yeah. totally calm. I, yeah, I, I could see her standing out there on the edge of the limb. For sure. And like, is she just going to crash? Is she going to walk? What is she going to do? Yeah. You know? And then she just got it together, you yeah. know, complaining about her makeup the whole time. The whole yeah. time. I mean, listen, time. I get used it to was, my, I got used to my makeup after yeah. episode yeah. 50, so we're fine. Yeah. And, and for anybody at home who is mildly worried that this is somehow going to interfere, this new project is somehow going to interfere with the Deb and Kev podcast. Let me tell you this. Over my mom's dead body, oh, yeah. will this podcast ever stop being recorded? Even when I have told her explicitly <laughs> no more than 10 times, I'm no longer doing the podcast. Here we are yep. still doing the freaking podcast. It's true. Well, I mean, listen, I... It, it made me reflect back on how far, certainly not you, because I do think you're a natural, but Thank it you. made me reflect on how far back I've come, yeah. right? And like, just, I I can remember, like, the, well, the first microphone, you had to get really close like oh, this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just because the way it was, mm-hmm. right? Well, Deb also had this idea that she could be an <laughs> SNL skit, yeah. sweaty balls. And, yeah. So tell me about your <laughs> exactly. sweaty balls. But we also, the way the microphone was, you had you had to get kind of close yeah. to it. It was not a good microphone. And so this one was, this is like always an adjustment for me. But then... She says that after 225 episodes with it. Then when you put the cameras up, yeah. I literally felt... They're only cameras. Like whatever is on there, it can well, be erased. And you can't even see it from your and angle. I can, I can see you, yours. Right. I can't see mine. And there's a piece of me that just, 
I wanted to crumple. Sure. I wanted to crumple. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah, yeah. terrible. Yeah. But I would say this. It was a great time. We we did it when we got up and running it, it went really fast. My my only my only takeaway that was mildly disappointing was she didn't laugh nearly as hard at my horrible jokes mm. as you did. I think you're really funny. Which then made me think, oh, I'm not funny. I forgot I'm just doing a podcast with my mom. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> Let's start the podcast. Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son. Discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. Over there, unlike Elon Musk, she drinks fully caffeinated Diet Coke before she goes to bed. It's my mom, Deb. I'm Deb. And that makes me the guy who just wants someone to bring back grape slice soda. I'm her son, Kev, and this is our podcast. On today's show, during her business segment, Deb will talk to us about emotional exhaustion from leading. We have five pressing new would-you-rather questions, and just like Canada's chances in their first ever World Cup, we'll end this podcast by telling you what's for dinner and what we're thankful for. But first, did you see that photo from Elon Musk that he posted last week? No. Early, no, last week? No. It was a photo of his nightstand. Okay. On the nightstand, it's like a wooden nightstand. It yeah. looks very old, actually, like something like a 85-year-old would have next to their bed. It doesn't look fancy or anything. It's a gun. A gun? Yeah, and four empty caffeine-free Diet Coke cans. So the gold ones? So that's like, why bother? That's what everybody said. Everybody's yeah. like, wait a minute. So you're trying to tell me how yeah. unhinged you are, how yeah. cool you are, how, how you know, like, deal with it you are, yeah. aggro. And you're drinking caffeine-free Diet Cokes as if that means anything well, to anybody? And you had four, which right. is just... Because here's the thing. If you, like, listen... We go to Five Guys mm-hmm. and get a fountain, caffeine-free Diet Coke. Yeah. But that's usually after a certain time. No, it's after a certain... It's like after two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. We don't drink the caffeine. And I will tell you, those first few drinks of that, I, I love. Yeah. Do I finish it? I do. But I can tell halfway in between there's no caffeine because mm-hmm. I'm not getting any of the... But I'm getting the taste and the carbonation and all that. True. So if you handed me a second one, no way. What's the there's point? There's no point. No. It, there's literally no point. It's like this. I remember a, a college buddy uh, of mine, his dad once said to him, because they were talking about drinking, and his dad said, well, of course you drink different if you're drinking alcohol than you would if you're drinking anything else. And mm-hmm. my buddy said, well, what do you mean? He goes, do you go to a restaurant and feel the need to have five Diet Cokes? And the answer is like, kind maybe, but here's what I know. I don't go to the restaurant and have any need to drink more than Two caffeine-free Diet Cokes. So here's what I would say on that. You know, if you go to a restaurant, because some, and usually it would be like a smaller cafe that might actually give you a can or a bottle. Mm-hmm. Do you mean that's what they give you with ice? You don't go order a second one. No, Nobody does. Never. Now, we have a restaurant we love to go to, really mom and pop local place. And they, oh my God, first of all, they put a little lemon in your, that shows that it's the Diet Coke, so mm-hmm. everybody knows. They refill, they refill, yeah. they refill like crazy. And could I have three there possibly? But, yeah, but that, that's the max. That's I will only max. do three. Yeah, yeah. Let, let alone four bedside yeah. caffeine-free yeah. cans. Psycho. Well, also the bedside. Yeah. Who takes Diet Coke to bed? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Listen, the world, this is all I have to say is, 
And this is not a political statement. I'm yeah. just saying, if you've read the news lately, yeah. and just intermix Elon Musk, Kanye West, and Donald Trump, yeah. it is a wild world we're living in right yeah. now. And I just love how everybody who was really early on those bandwagons is like, wait a minute, who, who are we talking about? I'm <laughs> yeah. unfamiliar with that situation. Yeah. Anyways, uh, here, here's, the, here's how I wanted to start this. We have two topics we can, we can talk about to start. Okay. okay. One of which we have talked about before. All right. In a segment we did years ago. Oh, don't you love saying that? Mm-hmm. Years ago. And one of which is happening right now in this house. Okay. Which one do you want to choose? Oh, the one that's happening right now in the house first. Wait, you, we could, we're going to do both. We could do both. Yeah. Okay. The first one, you are peer pressuring my girlfriend to the likes of which I have never seen anybody do outside of a high school. Like how? You get her to do what? Ever you want her to do, even when I know she doesn't want to do it. She's got to learn to speak up and tell the truth about how it she is feels. Eight o'clock at night the other night. Eight <laughs> o'clock at night. Eight. Yeah. All of a sudden, Deb goes, Anybody want some eggnog? <laughs> now, here's the thing. That's not a weird ask, but Okay, also to the peer pressure I'm doing doesn't hurt anybody. All I know is <laughs> I don't consume really anything after 7 30. That's not water. Well, because Kevin is a strict intermittent faster. So I say no thanks to the eggnog. And I look at my girlfriend fully knowing she does not want eggnog. Mm. And she goes, huh, okay. And I go, you can say no. You can say you don't want eggnog. Well, she says yes with enthusiasm. And then, of course, Deb makes her eggnog. And I make it special. Yeah, by combining two (laughs) different eggnogs. Because one has one... Strauss Farms has more nutmeg, and then I mix it with the model dairy. And then she looks at you, she's like, thank you so much for making this. And I go, making yep. this? She just she poured two me. types of eggnog in yep. this. So then, as a, <laughs> as a teachable moment to her, Deb goes and sits down. She's almost done with her eggnog, and she's about to pour out some remnants of it. I go, you better finish that eggnog. <laughs> I said, you are so gung-ho yeah, saying to yes that. to this mm-hmm. eggnog. Yep. And there's like enough left, and she is dying laughing. She's yep. like, I don't have any more room. I said, it's a liquid. Is Everybody it? has more room yeah. in their body for liquids. Finish this. And it just I, squeezes in along the edges and fills in the gap. I stood over her like a parent until she finished <laughs> that eggnog. Now, fast forward like 20 minutes. We are well past anybody really eating food in the house right. at this point. Right. And Deb goes, this is a perfect night for popcorn, don't you think? <laughs> and my girlfriend goes, oh, my God, Deb, I love you so much. And I'm in the back of the <laughs> living room being like, what multiverse did I just walk into? Where my girlfriend who eats like we've already Birds. mentioned a bird, a squirrel, maybe a chubby chimp on a, on a good <laughs> no, a chubby chimp, uh, a chubby Chipmunk. Chipmunk yeah. on a good day. Who is saying, why is she saying yes to popcorn at 8.30? And then you both agree like, we'll do it tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do popcorn tomorrow night. Which is. Which is not going to happen because she's going to hope you forget it. Wait, does she really not want popcorn? No, she does Well, I'm speaking on, okay, on behalf look. of her. No, she doesn't want it because I know in her everyday life, none of these things even cross her mind. I know, but this is the chick, let's be honest, uh-huh. that orders like, she has Instacart bring salt and vinegar potato chips. Yeah, that's true. Okay, talk about unhealthy. And with well, one no, of those- Well, no, they're pop chips, so they're far healthier. Which, uh, you know those funny, they're- Wrapped in orange foil, like they look like an orange, but then they've got orange slices. Chocolate dipped oranges. in chocolate. Yeah. And then she orders those. Right. Like just to have. But she's having that at like noon. Well, 
then she's look it. See, you've got to talk to. See what happens when you call the bully out. Not a bully. Oh, but here, Wait, sorry, I, I'm missing the kicker. Hey, can I'm I make the you some eggnog? Can I make you some I'm, eggnog? I'm missing the That's kicker. That's really cruel and bullish. And then, like, I'm hey, missing the kicker. Doesn't popcorn sound good? Deb goes, "Hey, I got a show. Do you want to watch this show?" And she's like, "Oh, sure. What is it?" No, 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 no. And, she asked. And me. Deb's like, "It's one of my favorite shows. It's this dystopian future, but I think it could happen here in America. <laughs> it's The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> my girlfriend sits through the first episode of The Handmaid's Tale and says no less than ten times, "Oh my god." <laughs> She is horrified. She's horrified. 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 And Deb's like, can you believe it? There's five seasons of this. And I look at my girlfriend, I go, and they only get worse. They only get far freaking worse. I have friends that watched that in the beginning with me. Yeah. I mean, where we would talk about it. I mean, then like a group fell off. Of course, because they they all went to go (laughs) get therapy afterwards. A group fell off after season two. I mean, there are not many left for season five. I can tell you that right now. And so, so we've watched like two episodes. Oh yeah, she's she's like out of her mind. No, my girlfriend like my girlfriend thought like oh well like it's one of Deb shows. How crazy could it be? Yeah. It's like no, it's horrific. It's yeah. awful. It's the worst yeah, thing if ever. If it happened, it'd be terrible. And she's watching it through the eyes of like it potentially being real. And now I'm worried that she's never going to go outside again. She certainly doesn't want to go back to out. Florida. We have trouble getting her out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen. There's no bully in me. Mm-hmm. I sat through that crank show she wanted to watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, come on. And bitched and moaned the entire time doing <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, but I did. We sat through the whole Great. thing. So all she has to do is hey, sit through what did she 100 say hours of Handmaid's Tale. What did she say yesterday when she was talking about, I mean, Instacarting, and now she's friends with the Instacart driver oh, yeah. that comes here. To tell you how small Reno is, we've had the same Instacart driver to this house three times. What's up, Ken? Yeah, and, exactly. and he and he and my girlfriend are best friends. Best friends. Yeah, like Ken is worried about the house next door mm-hmm. because there's renters in it. Blah blah blah. But anyways, um, she goes, okay, it's the salt and vinegar potato chips, and it's that orange thing, chocolate yep. orange thing. And then she goes, Deb, don't we need more mashed potatoes after Thanksgiving? Don't yeah. we need more? And so she's going to order potatoes. And I go, well, there's a whole bunch of potatoes over here that actually you already bought. Yeah. And she goes, oh. Mm-hmm. But then here's here's what I think she agreed to that she didn't want. Are you ready? Yeah. Because they were like white potatoes, right? The ones that we used? Yeah. Well, they were kind of green at the I, point. The green thing was weird. Yeah. I mean, but not like bad green. No, but, no. But anyways, so I said to her, I said, you know, these are kind of like red potatoes. Mm. I said, if you boil them up and mash them to death, the skin is fine on it. It'll yeah. be good in there because it's a real super thin skin. Yeah. And she goes, okay. Yeah. Do you mean? Which I think really meant, no, I don't want the skin on it. Well, at the point that you are asking <laughs> other people in the household to specifically make you mashed potatoes, we're going to make them however we want to make yeah, them. Yeah, but you made her mashed potatoes. Yeah. You did a good job. I had some today. They Wait, were Maybe great. I'm the one getting bullied in this well, house. I don't know what's wrong. Like, she has to tell the truth. If she wants different potatoes, she has to. She just has to say it. Yeah, she's been here long enough. I've told her that a thousand she's times. She's not. I said nobody anymore. cares if you speak up. We encourage it because if you don't, we're gonna run right over. Hey, you. listen, I got the electric bill today, and I sounded like dad. Yeah, you know, like, hey, people, we need to turn the lights out if we're not in those rooms. That's good. Right. All right. Do you want to know what the Merriam-Webster's word of the year is? I do. It is something that I could have suggested you've been doing to my girlfriend. Gaslighting. That's exactly right, Deborah. Yay. Good job. The word but I'm not gaslighting. If you can believe it is gaslighting. Here 
is the definition for gaslighting, the act or practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for one's own advantage, favored word for the perception of deception. Here's what I also like about this word. This goes all the way back to 1938. Mm. to the play and the film, both entitled Gaslight. In both, a nefarious man attempts to trick his new wife into thinking she's losing her mind, in part by telling her that the gaslights in their home, which dim when he's in the attic doing dastardly deeds, are not fading at all. Mm. Gaslighting. I like that. It, that word obviously was kept undercover for a while and then came out, right? It's such a good word because I think there's this level of um, kind of like, ambivalence and fluidity with it meaning yeah. like no you're a liar that's right that's like that is factual that's black that's white right. you're a liar and it's not like well you're a kind of liar gaslighting is so much worse because what you're doing is you're laying the groundwork of lying with the belief that you are then going to incept the person into believing the lie but you're never really saying anything. You're just coaxing them towards the edge to where when they eventually fall off, it's of their own doing. Well, and I will say the, the emotional trauma all around that. I think the biggest thing about gaslighting. So here's the thing. What was my intention? I was going to have her have, I mean, I was really obvious, have an eggnog with me. Right. You know I mean? There was no liquor in this eggnog, by the way. No. I mean, hey, have popcorn with me. Right. right. I mean. But I think the thing with gaslighting that is the worst part about it is that there is absolute intention on it. Totally. That's the part that is crazy making. And I think the best example um, for people that don't fully understand gaslighting, if you've ever been in a relationship and somebody fooled around and you're like 99.9% confident that they fooled around, yeah. right? But you don't have the pictures. I mean, it's just short of that. Right. And then they start a narrative that is completely different from them fooling around to turn it to like it poss it couldn't possibly be. And now what a crazy, mean bully you are yeah. for bringing this to the table. And they won't stop with that. You misread this text. That late night yes. phone call was a yeah. misdial. Yeah. I smelled like this because I gave my coworker who hadn't, I hadn't seen in 10 days a hug, yeah. this, that, and everything else. And so then what ends up happening, you end up actually, you're the victim to this. Mm -hmm. And then you end up somehow feeling like the perpetrator yeah. in the end. And, and... We've all, well, I think the whole world has done this. You've apologized yeah. I mean, for something that you never actually, you didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. So that is that stuff is crazy making. And I do think like, I mean, I really, I want to say people are in therapy because of that. It violates trust. It is one of the cruelest things in the world. There was a story that somebody had told me, cannot remotely substantiate whether or not it's true. But this was like my first introduction to gaslighting. There was a woman who, she lived by herself. She was on a bunch of different apps and she would go on dates mm -hmm. periodically. She went on a date with the guy a couple times. It didn't really work out. So be it. Like six months later to herself, she was thinking like, my, my house is changing. I, I feel like I don't remember where I've left things. Things feel out of place. It's like me. Like she's yeah. going to a therapist. The therapist is like, well, are you sure? She's like, well, I have cleaners, but prior to like six months ago, everything went right back to where it was. This guy she had gone on a date with became so obsessed with her that he 
would break into her house oh while she was at work. Oh my God. And all he would do is just change the, the angle of photos, Ugh. take coasters from one side table to the next. Mm. He would he he was so upset that she called it off with him that he just so subliminally tried to mess with her over time that it actually worked. And only when she installed cameras in her home that she saw him like break in through the crawl space and come out into her living room. Did she mm. realize, no, I'm sane, but I am now terrified that somebody is accessing my home. Well, and th- the thing is, even though you get the answer to that, mm-hmm. that issue doesn't immediately go away with nope. it. Like now you- you're still living with what you thought was your truth. Exactly. And then, the, then you layer on the trauma that somebody was, I'm going to say so easily mm-hmm. able to get into your home. Yeah. I mean, that's horrifying, yeah. right? I don't know. Like I think the gaslighting thing you know, there's a thing about like words like gaslighting, because I think it's super, super serious, sure. right? And I think there's stuff we all do jokingly with no malintent on it at all. Mm-hmm. But I mean, gaslighting is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, if you really think you're involved with somebody truly that is doing that, the only thing I can say is walk away yeah. now. A great yeah. sign if you're being gaslit is if you find yourself drinking eggnog, eating popcorn yeah. and watching The Handmaid's Tale. Well, there's that. Yeah. So look I out mean, for those signs. What, the Handmaid's Tale will do it for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, Deb. I feel like everybody's exhausted right now. I, you, there was a time between Christmas and New Year's where like nobody really did anything. Yeah. That was kind of like the blackout days of the year. Yeah. We all agreed that nobody really wanted yeah. to do much, right? Yeah. I feel like those days have now extended from New Year's to the back end of Thanksgiving. Mm, would that be nice? Where emails take way longer to get to. Mm-hmm. People aren't nearly as accessible. And I feel like we still all kind of have a post-pandemic hangover where we kind of look at all of each other and want to agree, hey, let's just let's just wrap up 2022. Let's yeah. all take a nap. Let's all eat our feelings. Let's all watch our favorite movie. And we'll, we'll just see you in the new year. So I feel as though there's a lot of exhaustion from mm-hmm. a lot of people. I agree. But I your agree. topic today is about emotional exhaustion from leading as a leader, somebody who is in charge and who is tired because of it. It is. So, I mean, one of the things, and I know this happens with me for sure, is that I will just get I, I, big time decision fatigue. Like it comes at me all day long. And today, I well, I was supposed to travel yesterday. I'm traveling instead tomorrow. So I got a couple free days, yeah. which felt great. Um, but today I was hoping would be much of nothing and it was a full day, you know? And I think, um, especially for me where, I mean, people are calling because they're asking, they're asking for my input on an issue. Right. And I feel really compelled. Like I want to solve the problem for them, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so I know I can get decision fatigue. And if you get me at the end of the day, and I know I said to somebody, I, you just have to tell me, like, just decide and tell me like I, I got nothing. Do you know what I mean? So I think um, I think everybody feels that way. I also think like a thing comes from because we had talked about you know people and their mental health and bringing that to work and being more open and more talking about it because we're coming out of a state um, or an age I would say where people just never mentioned those yeah, kind of show things. up and work. So I'm just saying like being compassionate, being concerned caring about what's the culture, making sure that you're really trying to contribute to a healthy thing as a leader 
is that is exhausting too. I mean, in the best of ways, you're happy to do it, but it's not like it doesn't have a little bit of a toll. So I've got like four things here that I think um, like some of it is just taking care of yourself stuff, but that I think helps if you're in a leadership position. So first of all, I just think like, and this is my first answer to everything. Let's say it out loud. Oh, I'm exhausted. I'm black and proud. (laughs) Exactly. I'm not going to ignore that there is a lot of this has burdensome stuff on it. Yeah. It's still the work I love to do, but I'm feeling it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's okay to say you're tired. It's okay to it's say okay you're tired. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to say, like for me, mostly I love interacting with people all days, but there's some days where it's just like, I can't, I go, I don't have it anymore. Yeah. You know, even I will get tired of that kind of stuff. So I think you have to say it and to yourself and to those around you. I mean, if, if, if it's trustworthy to do that. But then I think it is because at that point now we have to take action. So all of you people that want to ponder, this is not pondering time. This is like now you've got to do something. And it really becomes what am I going to do for me? And I think, you know, when we talk about self-compassion, I think everybody thinks like, hey, go get a massage. And listen, I'll have a massage with the best of them. And does it feel great while I'm there? But it's 60 minutes or it's 90 minutes and then it's over. And now you might feel great when it's over, but when it's over, it's over. You're probably not doing five a week. So when I'm talking about self-compassion with this, let's look at a massage is not going to help because you're on Zoom or phones all day long, right? Unless you're getting one while you're on a Zoom and then it phone would be, calls all day oh my long. God, would that be heaven? Just, just turn your camera off. Well, I, well, you know, I don't mind them looking at my face in the little porthole. Oh yeah, maybe you just get yeah, that green screen. You exactly. just have them, they're, they're just a little bit more of an yep. arm's length distance. Yep. And then people are like, is that... The massage ring weird thing what in is your it? face? Thing on your shoulder from yeah. the Adams family? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. So I think it is like what I what I really think it is is like if I know that I'm beginning to wear down with like phone calls, then I've got to space them out. I've got to make them shorter. I've got to give myself a break. So one of the things that can you go get the massage? Yes. Can you have a cup of tea? Yes. Can you meditate? Yes. Do all those things, please. But also address the real thing. And the real thing is I need to monitor this different. Mm -hmm. Like I know one of the things I started doing with Zoom was if I get Zoom exhausted, then even if I know it's a half an hour and I know it'll be over in a half an hour, I'll put an hour on it. And then I have a break. Do you know what I mean? And then I'll do something else on that half an hour. I'll recharge. I'll go recharge because I can't do Zooms back to back all day. It'll kill me. I mean, I'm just, I feel like I'm stuck. So I want people to admit that they can't be emotionally available to everything, every issue and everyone and take care of yourself in the way that you need to. Um, The other thing I think is I... There's this great gal. I wish I could remember her name. I'm going to figure it out. She's on, I think, the Cold Call podcast from Harvard Business um, Review. Okay. Anyway, she was talking about that she, by nature, is an introvert, like really a big-time introvert. But she said leadership in the United States, especially globally, yes, but really in the United States, leadership is extrovert. All leadership is. It's people that are extroverted that you see rising in the ranks. And she said they're really in her experience, wasn't room for extreme introverts to rise. And so she said, I mean, she goes, I had to say to myself one day, you got to get comfortable being an extrovert. And she said she really, it became, she trained herself. She literally said, this is a skill I need if I want to go there. 
and I want to do that. Yeah. I can't give in to my introverted self. And she goes, and now what I would say is I've mastered the skill, like I've, I'm able to do it. So I do think there are things that there are tangible skills out there w- that would help us. I mean, that there we have to have training too. And I think we need to have emotional training. I think we have tangible training. If you're asking an introvert to be an extrovert all day, nothing more exhausting than that, right? Yeah. And so what does she need to do? She doesn't want to give up the goal. She needs to develop the tangible skill. So if those exist, do it. Work on yourself that way. And then the last thing that I think is super important, and I say this all the time to business leaders, it is freaking lonely at the top. Mm -hmm. It really is. Don't I know it. I mean, the decisions you're making, the weight that you're carrying, if you're taking your job seriously, the best thing you can do is surround yourself with other people who are in similar situations and really brainstorm some of this stuff together. And I'm going to say, even if you're a middle manager, find other middle managers. If you're a CEO, find other CEOs. It doesn't even have to be the same industry, right? No, no, because the issues will all be the same. And so I'm telling you, it's a, it's a peer support group of sorts, right? And I think it is so smart to do something like that. So when we say self-compassion, Let's remember we're talking about very specifically designing it to take care of the core thing that's making us exhausted. Yeah. Okay. So kind of a rule to that, I would imagine is if you're tired, if you're exhausted, you don't complain down. You don't. Oh, no, no, Meaning you don't let anybody who works for you let you know or let them know that you are, in fact, exhausted or tired or can't get your head above water. That stuff really can only go yeah. sideways or up. Well, the thing is, if you're going to do it, like, listen, have I said people that, you know, probably work for me? Like, well, I did text somebody during a phone call today, and I did, there were several of us on a call, and I said, get a knife and stab me right now. Oh. Okay. So, I mean, that probably wasn't appropriate. And that, was with somebody that works for me. Might come back and bite you. Might come back and bite me. Yep. But I'm so, I mean, but it felt appropriate at that time. Sure. Um, and I think it made her laugh. You were yearning to be stabbed. She did say at the end of the call, when it was just she and I, she said, oh my God, you did such a good job with that. I'm so glad I was on that call. So I just added some levity in the middle. Yeah. But you don't, like, here's the thing, none of us, you know, it is that thing of it's lonely at the top. But also too, most of us look at the top and we go, I think you're making more money than I am. Mm -hmm. I think you have more responsibility than I do. I think you get to call the shots. So nobody wants to hear that person complain. I I have talked to a number of people who have owned businesses who don't understand why it's hard for them to manage because they're such good friends with their employees. And it's because that's not how the dynamic needs to be. You can be friendly, but you can't be friends because friends demands equality and friends demands truth and friends demands vulnerability. While elements of that can be okay, it's for sure not okay if it's a professional setting. You've got to be careful bringing all that stuff to work with you. Um, Because, and here's the other part. If you're too good of a friend with somebody at work and something goes awry, I mean, that that implodes your personal life as well, right? I mean, it's not just your work life. So listen, there was this, um, I had to run and pick up a a prescription for Nola. Her, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in fact, I thought they they said the wrong price and they had like doubled it, right? Gotta go call Glenn again. And I know I looked at him and I went, what? 
And then she goes, no, 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 no. She just said it. She said it wrong. Oh, like, thank God. The sense of the dollar says, didn't want to oh talk my to God. Vita one more time. I said, I was going to have to sit Nola down and just say, hey, baby, you you just need to not be depressed. Yeah. I mean, like. Got 30 days left. Figure it out. Yeah. And they both started laughing, you know, that I would say that to the dog. I said, or I don't know, maybe just give them to me and I'll take them. Right. And yeah. then it doesn't seem like the price is so high because it's for me. But there was a, on NPR, there was a gal that was talking that, um, we, during an election cycle, which we've just come out of one, yeah. right? During an election cycle, we are more anxious and more depressed than we were in April of 2020 with COVID. Not good. That is bad. That's depressed. That is depressed. Because I remember April 2020, it was pretty serious business, right? Well, we started a podcast because we didn't have anything else to do. Yeah, but like apparently just watching an election will destroy us more True. than that. Protect your mental health even if you're a boss. Do it. Find proper outlets. Do it. Peers, friends, not subordinates. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Deborah. Would you rather questions? We got five of them. I think these are good. I'll tell you what. We have done this segment so much. I have read and reread questions mm-hmm. that I've posed and then find myself laughing about remembering what we said. Well, listen, some of these, like I feel trapped like a rat sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I take the business section I choose. I mean, so, yep. but this, I take it very seriously as if you have a knife at my throat and I, I actually take it like, and I've got a, I've got to let an arm grow out of my nose for the rest of my life, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Rather than have two feet coming out of my ears. That's what it is. I mean, it's a killer for me. It's tough. These yeah. are hard-hitting would-you-rathers. And then, just when I think I've made the right and perfect decision for me, you come sliding in the side and tell me that I'm wrong, mm-hmm. and this other thing would be so much better. And here's why you're wrong. <laughs> would-you-rather. No right answers, unless there are. Deborah, would you rather spend two months stuck in a psychiatric hospital or two months stuck in an airport? Oh, wow. Some people listening would be like, I've flown recently. They're the exact same thing. I mean, I guess, well, I'm just going to assume that I don't have to pay for anything. No, you're there. I'm just there. Like I can go. It's to- like I snap my fingers and you're stuck in an airport of your choosing yeah. or a psychiatric facility. So oh, now that I think about it, so much better food options at the airport, even though for those sure. aren't great. And diverse. And diverse. Choices everywhere, for yeah. sure. Um, and all I have to do is go to a different terminal and there'll be different choices, right? Well, you say that, but even like what's the, like in the United States, what's the biggest airport? Atlanta? There's only six terminals. Yeah. I mean, what if it were Reno? That'd be horrible. I I would give you- I would kill myself. I would give you the biggest airport. I'd I'd let you go to Hatsfield, Jackson. Jackson, Hatsfield, whatever it's called in Atlanta. Um, So a really big airport with lots of choices. And I'm going to assume that I can pay for the food. Okay. But here's what there's not. There's not a bed. Nope. Well, wait. I mean, if I got stuck at DFW, there's a Hyatt in the airport. That's no, no. For sure doesn't count. That's the- Hotel attached to the airport. What about those? Have you seen those little things like, like it's like nap for a minute or an hour? Have you seen those little things where you go in like a little cubby, you pay for it? That sounds horrible. I know that sounds horrible. You want to be a prisoner for a minute? I don't know. Sure. Like, so how bad is the food in the insane asylum? Well, it's probably, I would say it's equal to what you would expect it to be equal okay. to. Okay. But yeah. like, I'm not thinking like nurse ratchet stuff, yeah. whatever yeah. a modern day facility yeah. is. Here's where my brain goes. 
There's a bed. That's big. The airport watching would be fun. Yeah. I think you'd get to know people. Yeah. They'd get to know you. It'd kind of be like uh, the Tom Hanks movie yeah. where he's in, literally stuck yeah. in the airport. I forget what that's called. Um, you could strike up some relationships, but yeah. it still would be four walls. Like after 60 days, you're still kind of stuck in four walls. You don't get to leave the airport. Like, I mean, I, I get sick of the Admiral's Club after an hour and a half. I think what would be fun about the psych ward is even though you know you're not crazy, yeah. you have 60 days just to be nuts. Well, here's the thing. I'm I'm looking at it and I'm going, okay, there's stupid TV on. Mm-hmm. I can lay around in my bed all yep. day. There free are, meds. Free meds. There are showers. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming food. Yeah. If I have any therapeutic issues, don't I get to see a shrink? If I'm having a tough day, I'll just go into the rubber room and bounce around for a little bit. I mean, I can actually look at the rest of the world and go, I mean, the rest of the world there. Yeah. And go, pfft. My life isn't so bad. I just like the idea that you have carte blanche to be as weird as yeah. you want to be for 60 days. Do you feel like screaming on an impulse? Do it. Well, here's the thing. Do you not thing. want to go to the bathroom and pee-pee your pants? Do it. I, I love the idea of a bed and mm-hmm. a shower and not cooking. I mean- Even if you're sharing it with your crazy roommate, Carl? Yeah. Well, they're not going to put me with Carl. Uh, I wake up in the middle of the night and Carl's just looming over me. I'm going to be put with like a crazy Angelina Jolie- in, you know, uh, uh, boys on the side. Nope. Uh, the one had Winona Ryder in it. Oh, got it. Boys on the side. No, that's not it. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Where girl we... interrupted. Oh, sure. Is that what it was called? <laughs> sure. I don't know. The, the girls in the title, there's you're referencing women. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Girl interrupted. I think I they're think both it... in it, but Angelina Jolie was like very, very like the popular girl, yeah. but very manipulative and crazy airport. I think feels like it'd be the right answer. But I d- somehow just think you would get so bored of the airport. I think you'd be so bored of the airport, especially because I, I don't think like if you and I got to go, there's clubs that we can access. But again, yeah. it's an extension of the airport. They're not that better but than Kevin, anything. There is nowhere to sleep. Right. So I think the psych ward pays off long term. Plus the story. Yeah. I was put into a psych ward. Were yeah. you crazy? No. no. I just went there for two yeah. months. It was kind of like a spa, but it was a therapeutic yeah. spa. If I wanted to scream at somebody, I just screamed at somebody. If I wanted somebody to hit me in the face, I just went and asked Tony, who has large fists, to punch me in the face. I was living, baby. Yeah. Well, and also, too, if it annoyed me, I just went and asked for a Xanax. Exactly. I mean, come on. And let's they get gave real. me five of them. Yeah. I, I Listen, I know people think we're crazy, but I'm picking the psych ward. I agree. Would you rather... Have eyes that can film everything or ears that can record everything? Oh, man. Is there audio in the eyes? No. Oh. Because then you wouldn't need the ears. It's only, mm. it's only, it's only video. You're only getting then the video. There's I no the audio, audio accompaniment. I want the audio. I agree. Yeah. I want the audio. What you can see can easily be misconstrued, yep. even if you play it yep. back. There's a yep. Pruder film, even if you play it back a thousand times. Like, does it every once in a while on Instagram when somebody has put the silent thing on, doesn't mm-hmm. it annoy you? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're stroll, scrolling through things yep. and then all of a sudden you're trying to hit it and yep. find out where, because it doesn't make sense without audio. I love the idea that even though you probably couldn't share it with somebody because yeah. they wouldn't believe you, but you know for a fact what everybody said whenever they said it. Yeah. Knowing it, having them say it, recording it, and being able to play it back internally. Huge. Huge. I think it's huge. Rarely do you see anybody do anything that's like incriminating or wrong, but if 
we hear people say, we talked about gaslighting. We hear people say stuff all the time. Walk it back. I didn't say that. You're misrepresenting what I said. That's wrong. And if you had the ability in your own head to know exactly what they said and when they said it and how they said it. Yeah. The, t- the, the problem is you can't tell that to anybody. No. So no. you're still insinuating the way you would based on your inability to recall it because it's not recorded. But at least you know you're right. Like you, you are emphatic in your correctness. Well, and even if somebody, well, I, I mean, go with this because even if somebody said something way under their breath yeah. or, you know, like barely tried to, you know, like, mm-hmm. or think of the other sounds. If you, somebody slapped somebody yeah. or if somebody punched somebody, you'd say like, oh my God, you hit me. Yeah. I mean, so I think you would have a much better perception. Of you know reality. what you are? What? You're a human Alexa. You hear it all. You're okay. constantly recording. So can I share this? Sure. As a side note. Yeah. I don't know if the whole world knows this. Kevin did know it, but his girlfriend didn't. Mm. So I have two Alexas, one in the bat. Well, we have more than that, but I have one in our, the um, bathroom off my bedroom and I have one in the bedroom. I wanted to tell Alexa to play Christmas music. And by the way, I say traditional. Otherwise you get this bag of stuff. I don't even know what it sure. is. Okay. But I don't want to say it to both Alexas. Both Alexas hear it. They both respond. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the bathroom and I go like this. Alexa, will you please play traditional Christmas music? And what happened? Playing traditional Christmas music. She whispered back. Yeah. So if you whisper to Alexa, Alexa whispers back. Yeah, that's true. It is amazing. Yep. Don't start whispering this podcast. That's when your voice goes bad. No, but I'm going to go audio. Audio all day long. I agree. Be able to play it back in your head to at least yeah. know that you're right, the other person's wrong, and that you're not going to be a victim of gaslighting. That's important. Yeah, I so, agree. And everybody go whisper to your Alexa. Yeah, do it. It's interesting. Deb, would you rather have the most comfortable mattress in the world tailor-made for you? Oh, would that be the dream? Or would you rather have Every single article of clothing perfectly fit, tailored for you. Hmm. Perfect mattress, perfect clothes. Sleep is a big deal to me. I don't feel like I get a good night's sleep about once a month. I know. I mean, and I like, think it's because of sheer exhaustion. I just, ugh. I mean, I just, well, first of all, if I knew, part of it is the knowing. If I knew that I had the perfect mattress designed for me, Part of it is knowing if I knew that I had the perfect mattress designed for me, that would, that knowing would make me sleep better, wouldn't it? Of course. And so do I care how my clothes fit? No, I don't think I do. I think the mattress for me, though the clothes thing would be nice. Here's where, here's where we're a little different. Six foot seven. Yeah. A trim six foot seven comes with a mountain of clothing related issues. Parts are longer, parts are shorter. You want this, you, you find this perfect sweater, sweatshirt, shirt, doesn't come in your size. It's infuriating. Mm-hmm. Infuriating. That being said, we spend a third of our lives in bed. A yep. third. Yep. Eight hours a day is what we should be getting in bed. If you could convince me that for that eight hours, I am perfect, I'm not wanting for anything. The airflow is right. The springs are correct. It's not too soft. It's not too hard. If I roll on my side, if I roll on my belly, if I roll on my back, I'm just like laying, lounging yeah. on a cloud. 
Kevin. I don't know how you say no to that. I agree. I Kev. think everybody over the age of like 25 yeah. would agree with that. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, I'm not six foot seven and I'm not particularly trim. So, I mean, I could just put on a baggy thing and be happy. Okay. I and mean, that's the truth for me, you know? So I'm going to go with the bed. On the next podcast, Deb's going to wear a potato sack. I'm going to wear a potato sack. Yeah. But it, because it won't matter. It's a bed. It's, it's got to be a bed. Wow, I think we're three for three on agreeing. I know, that's really weird. I'm going to disagree with you just because now. Okay. This is a total, total random one, but I think this is a good one. Would you rather not be able to open any closed door, regardless if it was locked or unlocked? Can't open it. Or would you rather not be able to close any open doors? Mm. Well, I mean, does that mean you're just stuck in a room? What does that well, mean? So if you walk into a room and somebody closes it behind you and you choose to the ability to not open any closed door, you're okay. screwed. You're banging. So walk through this with me. Yeah. I go to bed. Mm-hmm. I close my door at night. No, no. You already have to decide on what it is. Well, no. Because I want... you either can close it, okay, but so, then not so open it. So this is what I'm wondering. I go to bed and I accidentally close it tight. I've got to like wait for you to come check on me to open the door. Got to send me an uh, SMS text. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Like I do leave the bedroom door open a little bit for the dog. Mm-hmm. It freaks me out every night. I hate it. I, I like the door yeah. closed. I get that. Um, But I can't open it if I close it. And I can't close it if I have it open. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bathroom door you can't close. Right. Oh, that would be terrible. You can close it, but not if, but you can't open it or vice Uh, versa. I'm going to go with, I'm going to close it and I'm just going to have to text the world to come and get me. Here's why I think, so this is, I think, but just put yourself with one other person, okay, okay. one or two other people. Yeah. And you're the last one to walk out the door. Yeah. And you've chosen that you can't close it. They're going to be like, are you an ass? Like, yeah. can you close, close that door? door? And you're like, no, no, I literally can't. I literally can't. I'm sorry. You yeah. can close it. Yeah. And then you're just like like a cat pawing at the door handle. Well, you would be always like manipulating yourself to get to the head of, I mean, right. to not be the You'd one. You'd be scooting your friends out of the yeah. way. Yeah. You, you would you, be you like, wanna, I'll open that door. Yeah, you want to be right in the middle. But I can't close it. Yeah. I, I, I And this is like probably more of like a a referendum on society. I would rather have closed doors that I can't open than open doors that I can't close. Can you imagine going to bed with the front door open? No. No, it would be horrible. 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 You'd have to train the dog how to close and open the doors. Well, Izzy can open those lever doors. That's right. Yep. She chose to be able to open doors. Yep. Yeah. I I think you choose closed for peace of mind. Yeah. And then- Hopefully you get married at a really early age. Yeah. You have like 10 kids. And so all, somebody's always within ear shouting distance of being able to open the door. And always go to a room where there's a bathroom yeah. attached for sure. Because I think if you're the friend who never closes a door, yeah. you don't have friends anymore. No, no. I mean, people would be like, you left my front door open? Yeah. Yeah. That would be terrible. Deb, four for four. I hate this. I know. Me too. Let's disagree on this one. Okay. Here we go. If we agree on this next one, yeah. we're going to do one more. Okay. Would Are we you gonna rather do them till we disagree? We're going to do all forty-seven <laughs> of them. No. Would you rather be an amazing virtuoso at an instrument, but only if you play naked, Ooh. or be able to speak any language, but only if you close your eyes and dance while you are doing it? So, you play the violin. You got a T-shirt on. You suck. You whip that bad boy off, drop some trout, and you are 
whatever a famous violinist so, is doing. <laughs> let's go through some instruments here. Yeah. Like a piano. Uh-huh. That feels kind of exposed. I mean, everything I could see feels, through the bottom. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, my God. A trumpet. That would be awful. Trumpet would be bad. Trumpet would be bad. You need a... Guitar uh, would be good. Guitar would be good. You need like... Uh, What's it, what's the? It's not a tuba. Oh, a tuba kind of wraps around. Tuba kind of. But there's like oh, a, you'd even be bad a, from the back on a tuba. But there's even a bigger one that kind of sits in your lap. You know, like oh, the big one, like a French horn. Kind Ooh, of thing, maybe. maybe is there? I need to find a bigger French horn. So, um. Oh my God! You know what would be good? Yeah. Is a cello. There's a big French horn that could sit in your lap. Okay, a cello. A cello would be great. A cello would be great. Be fantastic. Um, the naked cellist. Oh my God! You'd sell out. Uh, well, Carnegie, one, Carnegie Hall and like back-to-back nights. You're okay from the back because you're sitting. Yep. And you're okay from the front because the cello's between your legs. Yeah. The guy that's playing bass, ooh, he's in trouble. Getting a... He can hide behind a little bit. a brown bit, eyeful. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, now I'm going to be closing my eyes mm-hmm. and just dancing a jig, yep. but be super fluent in any language. So more or less you're Italian. Okay, I think I could do that. It would be weird... It would be weird if you had if your friends were like, okay, so we're visit we're in Mexico, yeah. and somebody we know passes away, and they say, Deb, you're such an elegant speaker, and we know you speak yeah. Spanish. Can yeah. you come eulogize mm-hmm. them? And you're like, hello, this was yeah. my friend, yeah, yep, mi amor, yeah. And there was like, so the 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 girl on the spectrum. <laughs> why did you ask her to speak? No, that's true. I mean, if you're in Paris yeah. and you go, uh, we're, like we're all out to dinner yeah. and I'm the only one that speaks French, mm-hmm. I go, hold on. Yeah. And then I just pop up yeah. and I start ordering everything and, and dancing around, but with my eyes closed. Every piece into things. of food has spit in it yeah, from the no, French waiters be, and waitresses. Yeah, yeah. It would be, no, I'm still going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like the fact that I could speak a foreign language. Oh, you're choosing the language. I'm choosing the language. I'm not getting naked. Are you kidding me? But you're a performer. You're a virtuoso. I understand that, but I'm also like, if I'm in my 25, am I 25? You can have. You can put the robe on before you leave the stage. Can I be my 25 year old self? No, no. This didn't say this came with a time machine. <laughs> not happening. I I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna dance around with my eyes closed. Okay, now do this. Do this. You're in a meeting with me. Okay. okay. Ciao, Debbie. Buonasera. Ciao, Kevin. Da, 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 da. Uh, buenos dias. <laughs> yeah, you're going to do, do that for an hour. For sure. <laughs> People are going to be like, How, how'd she do on the sales call? She lost it in the first 10 seconds. <laughs> I could say well, I went, went from Italian to Mexican. You so did. That's from Spanish. But it doesn't mean that I can't stop and speak English and do this and go, I know it's a little bit much. <laughs> But actually, oh, you my, don't understand me. Anyway, here we go. It's a happy day. It's great. I mean, my accent's great, and I can talk to anybody about anything. I just have to kind of stay in hearing shot because as I'm dancing around, yeah, yeah, it would be tough. I just like the idea that <laughs> if you if you play naked, yeah, you're you're the best in the world at yeah. it, right? Yeah, and then you go to a dinner party and they're like, Deb. Why don't you play that saxophone for us? But you're fully clothed, and you're like, "Oh no, I can't." <laughs> I can't. They're like, what are you talking? Yeah, you, you just I'm sold out good. Madison Square yeah. Garden. Like, no, I yeah. literally have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, that would be like, you know, I told you that time when I was in Park City when Josh Groban came yeah. in, and it was like that would be like Josh Groban could only be Josh Groban if he was naked. That would have ruined the night, Kevin. I'm telling you that, or wouldn't have made it that much better. <laughs> All right, we disagreed. We don't have an extra one. Yeah. I got. I'd be the. I'd be the naked 
No, musician. I'll be the dancing, you know, ventriloquist there. The of all dancing languages. unemployed yeah, linguist. It, exactly. All right, Deb. Thankful or food? I'll do thankful. Go for it. So we had said that our friend Liz um, bought the book. Yep. Um, Mike Terrell. Detour home. Detour home. And she sent me, well, we were on a little thread with some people, and she said, I've actually finished the book. She read it over Thanksgiving. Love it. She said it was great, and she enjoyed it. But guess what she did? And I loved this because I didn't think of it. Hmm. I love it when somebody thinks of something that would have never occurred to me. She went in, and she changed on her Amazon account to St. Joe's to donate to them. You know how you can put in your charity and all your purchases a little, did you know that? Nope. So if you go into Amazon, you have the choice to choose a charity and all of your purchases, like a little percent goes to that charity. Super cool. And so she changed it to St. Joe's after reading the book. From the Deb and Kev pod? Yes. That's not nice. Oh, no, no. We're not a charity. (laughs) Did you get the joke? I did get the joke. (laughs) We are a charity. Yeah. Yeah. Liz, change it to the Deb and Kev pod so we can get those pennies. We'll give you our 401c or whatever it's called. Exactly. Um, but she changed it to St. Joe's and I loved that. I'm grateful she did it. I'm grateful she thought of it. So I'm throwing it out there. If you guys get the book, go into Amazon. And if you haven't, go into Amazon and pick a charity. I mean, yeah. do that because we all purchase from Amazon. And now she's sending a little something, something to St. Joe's every time she orders from Amazon. My thankful is not nearly as nice as that. But uh, last week we talked about I was going to a friend's giving and part of the friend's giving was a white elephant gift mm-hmm. exchange. And for my gift, uh, I had bought this wall-mounted magnetic Scrabble board that you could also make notes on. So it's like meant for families. Love that. Um, Obviously, I was the first one to go, and I did not pick my own gift. The gift I got was this really funny. It was called a a black mug, but when you heated it up, it changed colors, and there was a big naked black man on it. Hilarious. (laughs) Uh, I got a Stranger Things t-shirt, and then I had um, an assortment of whiskeys, like a whiskey flight to be able to sample from. Yep. Well, the last person who went stole from me. And that was a good gift. You were happy with it. That was a great gift, but they stole from me. Bad. Who was it? Say their name. Well, his name was Reindeers. He was a little bit of an elf. Okay. So then I was left to look at everybody else's stuff. I'm telling you, these gifts were horrible. There was... uh, Well, I saw what your girlfriend got. Yeah. There was a hot dog uh, toaster and bun warmer. Yeah. Somebody else got a burrito blanket. Yeah, the burrito. Blanket. There was two types of these would have been nice if I didn't have all this my stuff like kind of spa night essentials. Right. My girlfriend ended up getting a a nature dong calendar, <laughs> so things that looked uh, phallic that yeah. existed in nature. Plus twelve, an, twelve for you right there. Yeah, plus an apron that said this chef rubs his own meat. Okay. Yeah. So I looked around and I said, you know what? I'm gonna go steal my own <laughs> gift back. Did the, did people protest? They said, so you're taking your own gift? I said, yeah, based on all this other junk, this is the best one. And here's what's great about it. I took it back and I returned it back to the store. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think it's a cool thing. If if it wasn't too big, it doesn't fit anywhere in this house. It does not. But it's a super cool thing. We love Scrabble. It's very cool. Yeah. That's my thankful. That I bought a gift that that I was appreciative of. That I that checked all the boxes and that I got to return. But it was never unwrapped. It nope. was never used. Nope. So it's legitimate. Totally legit. Good for you. Thank I like you. that. I, I approve, Kev. Deb, what's for dinner this evening? So when we um, were getting all sorts of food and gift baskets and things like that when Dad passed, there was one I set aside because it was a gluten-free minestrone. Yum. And we were out cleaning out the fr- freezer 
and you were ready to sh- throw out a ham shank. And I said, no, 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 give that to me. So, because it said either bacon or ham, oh. cook with it. So we're going to have a minestrone with that ham shank cooked in it. Perfect winter meal. Perfect winter meal. That's what we're going to have with a little, I don't know, maybe toasty garlic bread. What's in minestrone? So it has the little bit of meat from the bone. Got it. It's got um, a lot of tomato. There's a tomato base. Okay. Kind of a smoky flavor, I think. Okay. Um, There's a little pastas. It's usually a little, like kind of almost a macaroni pasta. Elbow pasta? Elbow pasta. Thank you. Um, and then there's a bunch of different little vegetables. So I looked in there. It looked like there were like some dehydrated vegetables because it's a mix. Sure. And then there's beans. Oh, there's always beans. Got it. And so I'll just throw in some extra veggies from the fridge. And it'll be a little gassy after that minestrone in mm, this house. There you go. And because we're talking about gas, that's going to do it for this episode of the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And you can follow us on all of our social channels at Deb and Kev Pod. And if you haven't done so yet, go out. Buy Mike Terrell's Detour Home Book. Every time you buy the book, let us know. We donate $10 to St. Joe's Indian School in South Dakota. Mom, I love you to death. I love you, baby. We'll see you guys on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Dev and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Dev and Kev Pod.